Hello, and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from the Lancet Diabetes and Endocrinology. It's February 2023, and I'm Jonathan Blott. This month, I'm delighted to be joined by Professor Marta Corbinitz, who has recently published a review on mechanisms of aging, growth hormone, dietary restriction, and metformin. First off, why do we now consider aging as a disease? And can you please describe the difference between these two terms that you use in your article, lifespan and health span? So let's just start with maybe with the second question. So this is not so complicated as it may sound. So lifespan is actually how long you live. So that's kind of black and white. The health span is, is a bit more interesting because how long you are really healthy. And of course, as we're getting older, you know, we start having aches and pains. And, and what is the point when you say I'm not healthy anymore? Is that the first drug which you take regularly? Or is it when you really have problems, let's say, with your mobility? Or is it when, uh, when you need to go to visit a doctor maybe more than three times a year or four times a year or monthly or whatever? So uh, the, the definition of the health span is, is a lot more kind of complicated or, or, or subjective than the lifespan. But I would think that it's, it's a little bit also individual people. When do they feel that they are healthy? The word really means that people live active life uh, um, relatively free of disease until what age. And some people think that it's more important to extend health span than lifespan. While other people might argue that, especially, you know, physicians, their main aim should be extend lifespan. And of course, the two together are correlated and, and important to, to look at both. And you want a, a high quality of life or the highest possible quality of life, you know, as long as possible within, within somebody's life. So that's, that's an interesting discussion topic that what is the primary aim of a doctor to increase lifespan or health span? And if you know, this question may come when somebody has, let's say, a malignant disease and they start uh, uh, quite harsh uh, uh, chemotherapy, uh, then the quality of life will kind of immediately drop. While if they leave that person untreated and the cancer, although it kind of goes ahead, but uh, until it causes major problems, their quality of life is, is maybe better for, for a bit longer. So, so these decisions are not always easy and not black and white and certainly needs to be made the doctor together with the patient. But in kind of population studies, what, which is mainly what we are talking about here, we don't talk about individual patients, we're talking about populations. Uh, we, we hope that there could be some treatment. And now coming back to your first question, that what is really aging? So aging is now considered as a disease, um, although it's obviously part of normal life and we all go through it. And if we can devise treatments with, uh, which hinders the, the development of diseases as long as possible, which is part of aging, uh, you could call normal aging, uh, that, that would be extremely beneficial for, for the society. So in your review, you're looking at the evidence of the effects of growth hormone, dietary restriction and metformin on aging. So what was it that led you to do a review of these particular factors? Yeah, so I'm an endocrinologist. So I'm thinking of problems of, uh, of an endocrine point of view, which is um, hormones. So the effect of um, 
of uh, dietary restriction would lead to changes in your hormone levels. And, and probably the most important ones are growth hormone and IGF-1. We know that very well that uh, with reduced food intake, you actually can suppress the, the IGF-1 axis a little bit. So, so the beneficial effects of that uh, has been shown in some diseases where you have a mutation in this axis and patients don't have high growth hormone and IGF levels throughout their life. And there are very interesting observations uh, in this uh, patient group. Furthermore, if you create animals which are lacking these genes, which have been also observed in human patients, then they live really long. So the longest ever lived mouse is called a Matujal mouse, uh, is actually a knockout of uh, genes in this uh, particular axis. So clearly, this is something we, we can actually extend the lifespan of, of, this, of this mammal. And also human patients with, for example, Larone syndrome, which is a mutation of the growth hormone receptor, they, they rarely develop cancer. Uh, they live a, a long life. Uh, the data suggests that they don't actually live longer than, than their, uh, their siblings with, without this particular mutation. Uh, but um, still, they, they are lacking certain diseases which other people in the same community would have. And the mouse model is, is very powerful. So this oldest mouse lived almost five years, which, which is extremely unusual. The mice usually die, you know, around the age of two or so. So, so yeah, so that's kind of one aspect. Then the other aspect was um, metformin. Uh, that is a drug uh, which we use for treatment of um, diabetes. However, there are quite a lot of studies suggesting that metformin has quite a wide range of effects. And we published um, a few years ago now a paper when we used metformin to improve the adverse events uh, occurring due to patients on high glucose, uh, glucocorticoids, so steroid drugs, for example, some inflammatory disease such as rheumatoid arthritis or asthma. And we found that there was quite a wide range of beneficial effects on these particular patients uh, giving them metformin and not just on the glucose household, but on a range of other outcomes. So metformin is now one of the uh, kind of key drugs which people uh, look at that could that help, you know, aging and, and, uh, and, and even maybe cause longevity. So you have already touched on, on this um, there, but please can you briefly describe or summarize how each of these three different factors affect aging? So each of these factors, so dietary restriction, you know, the growth hormone axis hormones and, and metformin, uh, according to some data and not necessarily all human data, suggest that you can extend uh, lifespan. So the, the, the effect of dietary restriction has been clearly shown on a whole range of animal models, including C. elegans and uh, Drosophila and 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 small mammals. The human data is a bit more tricky, and there are people who are kind of restricting their dietary intake long term, but there is no firm data suggesting that indeed humans have an extended lifespan just because they kind of restrict their uh, calorie intake. While for the opposite, we can easily say that if somebody is uh, has a high calorie intake and therefore has obesity, then those 
people have a reduced uh, lifespan. The, the effect of gross human and IGF-1, as I mentioned already, there are a number of mouse models suggesting that low gross human IGF-1 activity could lead to a longer life in mice. And also there are data in human patients who have gross hormone deficiency, either isolated gross hormone deficiency due to uh, mutation in this axis, or in some cases, uh, you know, maybe a bit more complex disease, but still, you know, one of the elements of the disease is gross hormone deficiency. Uh, they are free from some diseases such as cancer, and uh, they, they have, I, I couldn't say longer half, uh, lifespan because that's actually not significant in the human data, but that there is some suggestion that that might be, uh, you know, something which 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 might be there. The number of these patients with these mutations is rather low, so you can't do huge studies on these patients. It's it's only like small groups of patients. And the effect of metformin, so that that's also interesting because that kind of a lot easier to pop in a metformin tablet than to uh, calorie restrict uh, for years on end. Uh, so in terms of kind of the population, that might, as an intervention, that is probably the most uh, relevant intervention, uh, which, which could be easily um, applied to, to a large number of the population. And there are actually several studies already done and also some studies which are now planned or recruiting. So, for example, there is a study called the TAME study which uh, aims to recruit uh, 3,000 subjects uh, somewhere between the age of 65 and 80. And they wouldn't have diabetes. And they will uh, look at them, what is the development during this, the, the, their, the, the study timeframe of age-related diseases such as um, cancer, heart attack, uh, heart failure, stroke, or cognitive decline. Uh, there is also a very large study, the GLINT study, which is aiming to recruit 20,000 patients. And this is, again, a group where they don't have diabetes, but they have some predisposition to uh, cardiovascular disease. And they will look at the macrovascular complications in these patients and see that what is the delay of the uh, onset of these um, of these diseases. So they expect that some of these cardiovascular complications will develop in this uh, high-risk patient group. And they are hoping that with metformin treatment, maybe you can delay the, the onset of these. And then the last one is, is uh, I would like to mention, is the VA impact study, which again, uh, would like to uh, recruit about 8,000 patients. And these would be patients with pre-diabetes. So somewhat abnormal glucose levels, but not actually reaching the threshold for diabetes, but also with atherosclerotic risk. And uh, they will measure the time between uh, the study, beginning of the study and then a the time to develop a heart attack or stroke or, or death. So these studies, you know, a couple of years time or some of them, you know, long-term studies, so many years time, will tell us that metformin treatment uh, uh, could uh, help uh, in these uh, conditions to, to extend lifespan. And I would like to emphasize that all these three studies are on patients who do not have diabetes because the beneficial effects of metformin on patients with diabetes is very well described and very well established. So, so we don't, that, that's not what the question here. The question is that outside diabetes, can we use this drug to help 
patients and especially patients with older age or with some risk factors for cardiovascular disease, which is still the kind of biggest killer, and cancer as well, which is also a big killer. And uh, metformin seem, may have an effect on that in humans in, in these sort of population level studies. Professor Corbett, thank you. You can read Professor Corbett's research online now at thelancet.com. Thank you to Professor Corbett and thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation With. Remember, you can subscribe to In Conversation With, The Lancet, Diabetes and Endocrinology, wherever you usually get your podcasts.